Mmm. Grapes. Hey guys, welcome back to another video. It's Clay. Today I want to talk about INFJ burnout. I think burnout is one of those things that really anybody can experience. I think for INFJs, the reasons are a little different. I think most INFJs are intimately familiar with this. It seems like, at least for me, most of my life is managing this dance between like ambition, progress, excitement towards things, and this other side of it where it's like it all becomes too much and I go into like this burnout phase. So I think there's a few different types of burnout we experience. I think a lot of it comes from relational type issues, family relationships, friendships, romantic relationships, acquaintances, just people in our lives. It seems like this is one area we can get really burned out in. I think a lot of it is due to cultural reasons and the fact that for me, um, a lot of what culture is and does doesn't really make a lot of sense. And I find issues around that can make me quite exhausted. I think another reason for burnout is just internal to us and our push for progress at all costs. So what does burnout look like in an INFJ? I think it can kind of manifest in a number of different ways, but you know, it could be things like you're tired, uh, you're unmotivated, could be really stressed out, could be depressed. Um, it can come out in other ways where you just, you're procrastinating everything. You, you've got things that you need to do, you want to do, but you just can't start them. You're just like laying around feeling useless. It can also come out in anxiety-based ways, I think. You could be nervous, paranoid, uh, kind of getting into these weird overthinking states. The NITI loop is one thing that can happen to INFJs where we sort of overthink. Along with paranoia and anxiety can come like sleep disruptions, um, like ruminating on thoughts so much that you just literally can't get to sleep or you wake up in the middle of the night and you're worried about something or you're thinking about it and you just can't shut your mind off. Feeling crazy could be another symptom of being burned out. Maybe you're with people that are just manipulating you, whatever, narcissistic personalities, and you just end up feeling like crazy, almost like you're being gaslit, and you can kind of slide into this extreme burnout from that as well. You know, so sleep disruptions are interesting. I'd actually be curious to hear from other INFJs if they have sleep disorders or, you know, intense dreams. I've, I've always had really intense dreams. So most of my dreams are quite confusing. That seems to be a common theme. Confusion and lack of progress. Trying to do things, but I can't for some reason. There's some obstacle. It's like a bit of a reoccurring theme in my dreams, and they sort of almost can blend into nightmares. When I wake up, I'm just like, oh, I'm so glad that's not real. So something that developed in me, you know, after I was 20, maybe even after mid to late 20s anyway, as like anxiety and stress really started to build in my life due to a couple reasons, I kind of developed a bit of a sleep disorder. And I have been known to sleepwalk, uh, I sleep talk, I wake up and I can actually act dreams out. Um, I've run into walls at full speed while sleeping. I mean, <laughs> it sounds a little crazy and I, I almost hesitate even saying it on here because people, I think, sometimes get a little freaked out by it. Um, sometimes I'll wake up and actually see things. So I'm, I'm still dreaming and while these f dreams are fading, I'm awake, but I'm still dreaming. I don't even know, I th awake dreaming, is that what that's called? But I you know, can see things. I 
I've had lots of adventures while sleeping, and it's no wonder that sometimes I wake up and I feel like I'm tired because I think half the time I'm, I'm not really sleeping. My mind is sleeping, but my body is not. So I think in general, burnout surrounds, you know, depression, anxiety, paranoia, worry, things like that. And I think all those things almost like sort of rule your mind, like overthinking and thinking about things to an extreme level can exhaust me. I know that. Like if I sit around, something's happened with somebody. And, and you know, the more exhausting of people you have in your life, if you have like narcissists, manipulative people, um, people that are confusing, people that, you know, you're trying to fix things, but it's just not working. I think it can get into, I know with me, like gets into my mind and I can think about it over and over until I'm just like literally exhausted. And uh, a lot of my exhaustion, I think, is mental exhaustion. And I like to do sports and stuff like that. Um, I like to be active outside. But I'm, I'm talking about something different than physical ex exhaustion, right? It's a, it's a mental exhaustion. And I think that's a type of burnout. So I think there's a number of reasons INFJs get burned out. So I thought I would talk about them. Go into, I wrote a list here. These are, how many have I got? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. People like lists, don't they? Here is my eight reasons that INFJs get burned out and some ideas on how we can manage this. Some ideas about how I manage this to kind of lessen the impact of these things on my life so that I'm not getting stressed out as much as I used to maybe. All right, let's get into it. So the first reason I have here is over-socialization. So INFJs, as I've talked about numerous times in this channel, as far as cognitive functions, have dominant introverted intuition and secondary, they have extroverted feeling. So extroverted feeling is both a gift and a curse. That's the way I look at it. It allows you to be extremely empathetic towards people, um, read people's emotions really well, almost absorb their feelings. But at the same time, it creates this kind of obsession or desire for harmony at all times. You want people to feel good because then you yourself feel good. If these people feel good, then you absorb their emotions. So INFJs are sometimes called social chameleons. And what does that mean? That means that we can get into social situations and kind of try to fit in. We can kind of become however these people want us to be. And because of the extroverted feeling, we're actually quite good at discerning really what that should be in the moment. So it's almost like a bit of a facade that we can create in order to fit in with different groups. And, you know, it's kind of an interesting thing. It's like, is this an authentic thing to do? Like, is this people-pleasing? I, I don't know. I, I think really what it's about is just recognizing how to act in a situation that will make other people happy. If you do this to a healthy level, you know, it's probably good. It's like a, a good way to socialize. Um, part of life is fitting in with various communities. And if INFJs get quite good at this, we can fit in really well without kind of sacrificing ourselves. I think that's the key. If you're a people pleaser, you kind of do this to too high of a level and almost sacrifice your own needs and wants. Over-socialization 
is something that all introverts have to worry about. So what's the difference between an introvert and an extrovert, in my opinion? I mean, there's a lot of different definitions out there. I think a lot of them are bogus, in my opinion. I think for me, it's sort of where you get your energy. That's how I define introvert and extrovert. So an introvert gets their energy when they're alone, and that's how they recharge and sort of fill their tank. And then they can go out and be extremely social. And I think that's one of the misconceptions of an introvert is that you're now reserved or shy. You can go, in, as an INFJ, you can go into a social situation and be extremely extroverted. I think that's why they actually call the INFJ the extroverted introvert. And again, though, I almost feel like that's a bad way to use the word introvert because it doesn't mean you can't be outgoing and a people person and all these things, right? It just means that if you do that for long enough, you're gonna become tired and you're gonna need to go recharge. So I think what socialization for an INFJ often looks like is almost like this facade creation. You put on this persona to fit in or to make people happy. So I think the with the whole facade creation, the more unlike yourself that you feel like you have to be, the more exhausting that is. And I think it's like an energy tank. You've got a certain amount of energy, and once you deplete that, it's exhausting. So what's an example? I actually have a couple friends who do weddings. Kind of, we live in this sort of touristy place in Western Canada. It's a valley with lots of lakes. And a lot of people come here to get married. So there's this massive wedding industry in this valley. And wedding photography is something I have a few friends that do. So you might be this quiet, introverted, artistic type, but now you have to go to this wedding and put on this happy face and excited and telling everybody what to do and you know, pretending to laugh at stupid jokes that people tell and small talking and all these things. They actually call it the wedding hangover for photographers because it is such an exhausting thing. You basically get home at night and a lot of people, like I got one friend, he's an INTJ and he shoots weddings and he literally has to schedule the next day as complete downtime because he's just completely depleted after shooting one of these you know, 10 hour long weddings on a Saturday. So this is interesting. When I first went to a counselor a few years ago, it was the first time I ever went to a counselor, I walked in there and she asked me some questions. And I think I was so enrooted in people-pleaser syndrome at that time. And I think this is all kind of based on this INFJ thing that we do where we kind of become this chameleon to fit in with people. So she asked me some questions and I said, well, before I can really answer those questions, because it's surrounded beliefs, I said, I kind of first need to know where your beliefs lie. And she was like, well, this isn't about me. This is about you. And I said, well, I don't really know how to answer your question because I don't want to be disrespectful to your beliefs. I kind of want to tailor my answer knowing what your beliefs are so I can either be soft or let's say I'm extra sarcastic about something, but maybe that's what your beliefs are. So I, maybe I need to deliver this in a softer way. And she looked at me. She is an INFJ as well, actually. And she almost like called me out on this behavior, it was like the first session. She's like, this is not about me, my beliefs don't matter, and you need to talk truthfully and authentically in here how you actually think. And um, so this, this took me a number of sessions with her to actually 
get rid of. So another thing about over-socialization, it doesn't even have to be in situations that you don't like. It could be like a couple good friends and you have a deep talk. Let's say you sit around a campfire at night and you have, like talk till late. Even that can make you tired and exhausted in the end. So if you're constantly forced to be in situations where you're depleting your social energy, like let's say you're doing that all day long every day, it's possible at some point you're going to become completely depleted, you don't have enough time to recharge, and you're just going to go into a burnout phase. If you go into burnout phase long enough, it almost becomes just sort of part of your life, and it's like a low-level depressive state that you can kind of go into that can last years. And I think I've experienced that in the past where, you know, the it's just this exhaustion that doesn't seem to go away. You don't really have the tools or something to actually refill your tank. So moving on to number two, the second way that INFJs might experience burnout, that would be prolonged small talk. And this might apply to a lot of introverts as well, or even extroverts. There's certain extroverts that maybe don't like small talk. Specifically though, I think the introverted intuitive types hate small talk. So that could be like INFP, INFJ, INTJ, INTP. So I think some small talk is fine and it's something that I've actually practiced in life. How do I do it, right? And I think I'm still not good at it. Like, and I think as long as I'm prepared for it, I'm all right. Like I walk into a store, oh, hi, how are you doing? Oh, I'm very good, how are you? Oh, look at this weather we're having today. And I can do this for a little bit of time, but there have been certain relationships in my life and go watch my birds and fish video. I called it the deepest divide. To, that was actually one of my first videos ever made. So it was, it's quite old now. I almost wonder if I should remake it. But it goes into this problem in depth. It's like if you're hanging out with a person that only knows how to small talk, you know, and this goes on like one hour, two hours, three hours, eventually it becomes completely exhausting. I mean, it's ironic in a way. It's this light shallow talk and I get to the point where I just literally can't do it anymore and there's certain people in the past that I was kind of forced to socialize with for long periods of time and I, I would just I would disappear at times and people would be like oh where did he go and I'd be like hiding off somewhere in some room or I even go and just go into the bathroom and stay in there for a while um so if you're in a, a job or some kind of situation where you're forced to small talk like all day, I think that can be something that can lead to that burnout stage. All right, moving on to number three. I think three and four are really big ones for INFJs. So the third one is being inundated with kind of bad news from your friends or family or bad emotions. Because we have extroverted feeling, um, as our secondary function, we can be quite prone to absorbing other people's emotions. And it, it's different than mirroring. So I've heard one of the differences between INFJs and INFPs is INFPs almost mirror somebody's emotions. So both are empathetic personalities. So let's say somebody's having some kind of crisis and are going through some kind of emotional pain. INFJs will actually absorb that emotion and now we're feeling it on this person's behalf. So INFPs will also feel the emotion, but from what I understand, 
is they would use past experiences to know how that thing feels and then they will almost re-feel their version of that emotion and I think that might be the difference between mirroring and absorbing. I plan to do another video soon on the differences between INFJ and INFP because I think it's a really confusing topic. It's taken me a couple years of reading about this stuff to really grasp the differences between those two personalities and I think a lot of INFJs actually are INFPs and there's probably INFPs that are actually INFJs. Um, so it's an interesting thing I want to go into more. But what do I mean by number three here? So being inundated with bad news. So I think social media is a big thing for this. Somebody's like, oh, my dog died. My, my mom died. Oh, I'm experiencing this. A big emotional post about how this person is struggling in life. Like things like this can really affect us. For whatever reason, I think INFJs are kind of known as this sort of counselor type. So I think a lot of times people almost use us to kind of dump their stuff on, you know, like all of a sudden this person's having a bad day, who do they call? They call the INFJ friend, they like dump all their emotional baggage on you and then leave, now they feel better, but then you're kind of left feeling that, right? And it's almost like now you have to go through this process of like cleansing that out of you. So I think a lot of this kind of bad news from people in your life or negative people in your life can drag an INFJ down over time. So I'm sure you've heard that thing that's like, you're the average of the five people that you hang out with most. I think that is really true for INFJs. I think your emotional state could be the average of the five people that you hang out with. If you're hanging out with positive, energetic people, uh, that are doing cool stuff, have really good ideas, want to talk about these ideas, I think you can naturally become a healthier person just by absorbing that emotional energy onto yourself. If you're hanging out with negative, condescending people, you will absorb that and you yourself might actually slide into that and become more that way. So I said it multiple times in videos, I think it's really important for every INFJ to get one or two good positive friends in their life. I realize that's not easy to do, but I think it's something that we should all be striving towards because I think it can make a big difference to our emotional state, especially if somebody is there that can help you with your own emotional problems. I think a lot of times we can end up into these one-sided relationships where we're helping other people, but they're not really helping us back. You know what I mean? And if you're like a bit of a codependent personality type person and you start to feel like in order for you to feel okay, you have to be helping other people. Almost like your emotional well-being depends on helping other people and supporting other people's emotional. Why am I having trouble saying emotional? Emotional well-being. That's a habit that you should try to break. I think it's okay to say no to hanging out with certain people. I think it's something that we should practice. And if, if a person is just negative and condescending, I think we should have the courage to say no to that person. Of course, if you've got somebody going through hard times in your life, you know, obviously we wanna help in those situations. But I think in those situations, it's also just important to remember that you need time to recharge and you need some, maybe some passion projects in your own life to kind of rekindle that positive energy. Because if you just let that 
go, you can kind of end up a depressed mess. And I know from experience. So number four, it kind of goes along with that, except it's now news and media. So I've mentioned this in my other video and it's funny. I think it's something that people argue with me about. I think there's a lot of people that are obsessed with news and media and being informed. And they confuse being informed with actually doing something worthwhile. The thing about the media is it's all based on making money, just like any business. How do they make money? With clicks. So the more people they get to click and go to the article, the more money they make. And the reason is because they sell advertising in most cases, or maybe they sell subscriptions, or they monetize in some other way. But the whole point is they gotta get eyeballs on their page. So how do they do that? With sensationalized or clickbaity titles. They are kind of designed to induce one of these states. I mean, shock works, anger, or it could be awe or surprise. All these kind of like, I almost would say violent emotions. It's never something that's just calm and gentle. The news thrives off things that are shocking. So usually the most shocking things are negative. So you end up in this feedback loop. The most popular articles are the most shocking negative things. And let's say you do this all day long like most people. Most people are literally absorbing the news all day long. And, and you know, it's possible that certain personalities that maybe don't have extroverted feeling can do this. There is less empathetic people out there. They can almost read it in a more factual way. But I don't think INFJs are one of those people. And I know with me, I start reading it, I read more of it. Before long, I've put an hour of of reading this highly emotionally charged information and I start to feel chaotic inside. Like I feel bothered with myself that I can't do anything. I, the world feels so out of control and crazy, but I feel like I have no way to fix it. I don't know how to fix it. And it kind of, kind of caused me to spiral into this feedback loop of hopelessness. Because it's like, this is hopeless. I can't do anything about this. This is awful. I don't know what to do. So my solution to this is, and this was actually a long time ago I did this, at least 10 years ago, I went no news. I think it was maybe James Altucher that first kind of got this idea in my head. It's, he doesn't watch the news or doesn't read newspapers. Are you less informed in general? Maybe about certain things, but you know what? The thing about the news is, like big things that happen, you still hear about it. You've got five friends that tell you about it. You know, if something really big happens, you can always go read about it. Or maybe you can go seek out a source that's sort of a, a certain type of opinion or a certain perspective on that that's less, you know, shock and awe orientated like most headlines, which is what most people are consuming. Like they're on Facebook and they're scrolling through and it's like a big headline about something that Trump said today. And it's like, oh, what is, what is this? Half the time, if you click on these things and go read the article, they're not even true anyway, or they're half true. I feel like the secret is to not, to not read it, to not click on it. Um, there's browser extensions you can get to block certain words. So I block words like Trump is one thing that I block. So I don't actually get any Trump news. It's never positive. So anyway, just something that I find. Do you have to cut out all news? No. Um, but I think you could cut out some. You could read less. You know, somebody kind of 
was really upset uh, at me recently for saying that I don't want to stay on top of all these news items and current events. And they're like, how, as an INFJ, they dove right into that, which I think is a little manipulative. How, as an INFJ, can you not, can you like shut this out? Can you not see all the problems in the world? INFJs are the ones that have the capability to fix these problems. And to that, I would say this. Most people, I would say, 999 out of 1,000 people that read the news are not doing anything about it unless they just post it on their Facebook or they you know, put it on an Instagram story. The thing is, is that's not really doing anything. It's not helping anything. So instead of just being informed about thousands of topics and then becoming overwhelmed by this, I think it's much better to pick one or two things that you do have control over and that you can help. So like, for example, in my city, we have this massive homeless problem. It's kind of one of the warmer cities in Canada. And for whatever reason, there's just a lot of homeless people here, a lot of street people, a lot of drug addiction and overdose. It's an extreme problem. So in the past, it's one thing that I have tried to help with. There's some organizations that do things for these people and I've tried to help them out. I'll make videos for them and advertising kind of stuff or just go down and hang out and talk to some of these people can really help because I find that these people, the main thing they're poor in is relationship. And it's amazing how just treating some of these people like human beings can go such a long way. But if I just posted an article about it on my Facebook, here's a, the problem with homelessness. But I, it, it's not helping anything, I guess is what I'm trying to get at. It's not helping them. You know, the more aware I am of an issue isn't really helping. And it, awareness without action is useless, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And I think people are confused. So anyway, that's what I choose to focus on. What are a couple things that I can actually help with? Okay, that's what I'm going to worry about. I don't have to worry about every tragedy in the world. I don't have the emotional capacity to take all those issues on. I don't have the, the time to take them all on, but I might be able to take on one or two things and be kind of blatant about it. Be like, no, I don't want to know about that. I don't want to hear about that. That's not what I'm doing. Here is what I'm doing instead. So the fifth thing I want to talk about that might lead to exhaustion or burnout is being everyone's counselor. I kind of touched on this in one of the, the previous ones, I think. But I think INFJs, because we have this extroverted feeling and we can kind of empathize with people quite easily, we have introverted intuition and introverted thinking to kind of, you know, we can use our intuition to kind of read into situations and kind of come to conclusions about people. Um, pretty easily, almost like second nature. It's one of the biggest strengths of an INFJ is to be able to read people quite well. So because of that just natural ability, oftentimes we become like everybody's counselor. And I think the thing about helping people and being someone's counselor, for me, as long as I'm doing it with a person that is experiencing some kind of progress, I actually can become quite charged by it and actually really enjoy it. It's like, okay, here's somebody that needs help. They're confused about something. They can't see something clearly. If I actually help them to see that issue more clearly, to, to you know, set them on like a slightly new path that might be better for them, and then they actually achieve something and move out of that state, 
I can find that extremely fulfilling. I think at my root, I do want to help people and I want to see people reach their potentials. However, I think a lot of times you can get stuck with these people that it's almost like they listen to your advice, they, they agree, and they're like, yeah, I totally get that. But then they don't change anything. And so they kind of get stuck in this rut. And they never do anything. They just keep having the same problem over and over. You feel like you're saying the same things to them over and over. And one thing about INFJs is we love progress. We love working towards things, and we love seeing things progress over time towards better futures. And if somebody is just not progressing and they're just stuck there and they're, it's like they won't do it. I think that can be an, a massive emotional drain. So that's the one situation that, you know, if somebody is doing that to me, I will now start to back off a bit. Like I don't want to be involved in that. I'm willing to help somebody, but once I start sounding like a broken record and I'm saying the same things over and over, um, I feel like my work is done. I think it's literally one of the most exhausting things in life when you get stuck with people that won't change. They, they won't progress. Like you have these problems, especially if you're like, you know, in some kind of a marriage or a really close relationship, maybe like a parent or a parent-child relationship, and, and you're kind of forced to be together due to the nature of that relationship, but yet there's problems that never get better, and you're trying to work on them, and you're trying to fix them, but nothing you do actually matters in the end, and this goes on for years and years. I find there's like nothing more exhausting than that, and that can lead in me to like major burnout where it's like hopeless. And I think this is where the INFJ door slam comes from, is you know, you're trying, you're trying, and you, you try a long time for a really hard, and then one day you kind of realize it's not working and you can kind of just shut off and you're just like, I can't do it anymore. You know, it's funny, I'm a member of a few INFJ Facebook groups and it's almost like I've noticed a lot of INFJs wear the door slam as a bit of a badge of honor. They're like, you know, treating it like, like it's a good thing. I personally don't think it's a good thing. I think it's a, a sign of immaturity. Have I done it? Of course. I, I've door slammed. But I think that it's possible that the door slam is kind of like you were unhealthy to begin with and you were doing something that was unhealthy and then you reached burnout and then you, you pulled out the door slam. I think a better way is to not reach the burnout in the first place. It's to realize in the moment, uh, going along this path that this person is an emotional drain on you. I've been thinking a lot about it. Like why do a lot of us end up with narcissists? You know, there's probably lots of reasons and it's probably, you know, a whole nother video but I would rather fix the root of that problem. Why do I end up with narcissists? Why in the past have I been attracted to narcissistic personalities? I think I've finally broken that pattern now in my life and I would rather focus on that than almost 
repeating it over and over and then being proud of my ability to door slam people. So the next one is similar to the last one. I call this gimme gimme burnout. So I actually have an article that I wrote. I made a video about it. Um, I'll put a link to it in the description. It's about the three types of friendships. One of them is a gimme gimme friend. So these gimme gimme friends are a special type of person that just likes to take and you're giving everything and they're just taking, taking, taking. They don't ever give anything back. So for INFJs, this is a great type of person to really have limited contact with. You want to be in relationships that are, you know, there's a give and take. Both parties give and take. I mean, maybe that's obvious to say, but for whatever reason, a lot of us seem to end up in these one person giving, one person taking relationships. So the seventh way that I think that INFJs can get burned out is in relationships with narcissists. So I've talked a little bit about narcissists. I actually have a really long two-part video on narcissism and covert narcissism, which are two things that I've had, unfortunately, a lot of experience with in my life. Um, it's one of those things that you don't even, you can't even believe it's true until you've lived through it and lived through that manipulation. And it is literally the most exhausting thing I, I think that you can experience. So it's almost like the gimme gimme friends, but like on steroids, that's what narcissists are. So the thing about narcissism, especially covert narcissism, is it is so hard to detect. In fact, I've heard that even therapists have a hard time identifying narcissists because they're such good actors to who they want to be. Like for example, like a covert narcissist might literally be a pillar of the community. Everybody sees this like amazing leader. It's like the golden child, right? And then they go home and they're a completely different person and they're like verbally abusive and manipulative to their family. It's this horrible thing because the victims of narcissists often, it's like you start to wonder if you're a crazy person um, you're being gaslit most of the time. That's something that narcissists do. And what is gaslighting? It's basically, it's making you question your own sanity. Like, did I say that? Or did you say that? You know, they'll do things or say things. And then later, they'll be like, no, I didn't do that. Richard Grannon talks about narcissists a lot. Has this amazing example where you walk into a room. The narcissist has chocolate milkshake all over their face and you say, hey, how come you're drinking my milkshake? And they're like, I'm not drinking your milkshake. Meanwhile, they got, you know, chocolate milkshake all over their face. Like, you know, they did it, but they're so convincing that you start to wonder, well, did I really see chocolate milkshake on their face or was I just, was that? So there's a lot of things that narcissists do and it all centers around manipulation. So things like gaslighting, guilt tripping, you know, shaming, hypocrisy, passive aggressive behavior, um, all these various manipulation techniques that they, they'll pull out. But the thing about it is that it's all designed to put you in a box and control you and make you do whatever it is that that narcissist needs you for. You are a tool in their tool belt and they will do what is required to keep you as that tool. You know, if a hammer can't hammer a nail, what good is a hammer? So I've noticed that INFJs are susceptible to narcissists. Um, I don't know why that is. Empathetic? Who knows? For whatever reason, we can get sucked into these people. And if you do end up with a narcissist, I mean, 
it is burnout to the nth degree and you can literally waste your life away if you are with a narcissist. I can't stress enough that if you are with a narcissist or you have a narcissist in your life, you need to either get away from that or put up extreme boundaries to keep that manipulation away from you and your life. All right, so enough about narcissists. You can go watch my narcissist video if you wanna learn more about that. So the last one I wanna talk about is more almost internal to us. And a lot of the other things I've been talking about are related to people and relationships. And I think it's because INFJs are often people-orientated people. But the thing is, we can actually be the source of our own burnout in one area, something that uh, is a big issue for me, and that is lack of progress. So if I end up in a situation or a bit of a rut where I feel like I'm not progressing, I'm not achieving anything, I'm not getting closer to my goals, I often have you know, all these things that I want to do, or this place that I want to get to. But if I feel like I've become stagnant and I'm not getting there, and I'm, and I'm not really inching closer, I think as long as I'm just inching forward and always progressing, but if I ever feel like, oh, I just stopped, or worse, I've had to go backwards, which, by the way, isn't always a bad thing. Sometimes you meet obstacles and you have to take a step back. So that's why we have to get our heads on straight to this issue. Um, this lack of progress can, can almost, it can be really stressful and almost depressing because you start to feel like I'm useless, I'm worthless, I'm not doing what I need to do. Here's all the things that I should be doing, but I'm not doing anything. I'm a useless human being. And then you basically just lay on the couch and get depressed. And then once that starts, it can kind of be this sort of loop of depression and uselessness. And then you know the procrastination starts and really you don't get anywhere. Um, I've heard that INFJs are susceptible, especially younger ones, are kind of susceptible to that failure to launch syndrome and kind of end up just kind of living in your parents' basement. You might know what you want to do or a direction you want to head, but you've kind of got this weird perfectionistic version of what that needs to look like that you can never achieve so you don't even start. I think the secret to this for me is I try to achieve something small every day, and I feel like even that makes me feel quite a bit better. Um, let's say you have this massive goal. If you break it up into a 100 steps, even 500 steps, what's one little bite-sized chunk that you can break off and accomplish today towards your goal? You know, along with this, like say you're running a business. So I run a business and I have a couple employees that work with me. I hate busy work. I hate mundane day-to-day -day business tasks, you know, like bookkeeping and things like that. That's why I pay someone to bookkeep because I feel like I'm never, I'm not advancing anything. Like I can put a whole day of work in with all this like putting out fires. I don't really feel like I am getting closer to my goal. Whereas if I like write some new content or, you know, create a new feature on the website or even these videos, if I make a video and I actually post it, I, I start to feel so much better from even a small incremental increase. You know, these videos are a perfect example because I want to do them. 
I know I should do them because I it makes me feel good. It makes me feel like I am doing something. But sometimes I'm like, oh, I, you know, actually all the time. Ev before every single one of these videos, I, I'm like, oh, I'm not prepared enough yet. I haven't researched that topic enough. I don't really know what I'm going to say. You know, so then the thing is, for these videos, the, the process I have now is I have a list of topics. So if I ever think of a topic, I just write it down. I have this huge list of topics. And then for each topic, I'll write an outline that kind of organizes my thoughts. And so even if I don't record a video, maybe I can outline a video. And it kind of gets me one step closer to that goal. And once I have an outline, I find it's actually pretty easy just to sit down and talk about it. So I think, for me, this lack of progress thing can really suck me in. If I don't have it, I can start to feel useless. However, breaking it down into smaller bite-sized chunks is the way that I can get through it. And it makes me feel so much better if at the end of the day, and now I'm relaxing a little bit, if I've already achieved something. Maybe I had a good workout, and now I feel like, okay, my body is good. It is, it is done. I've also got a little bit of work done. Um, on this thing I wanted to do. Let's say I had some other task that needed to be done and I finished that. All these things make me feel so much better and put my mind in such a more positive frame of reference that I know for me it's really important to have progress in my life. The INFJ is in the finishers and that's because we like to see that progress. Whereas like an ENFP, ENTP, let's say, they're actually in the starters. So that's why they're actually really good at starting things. It's like, oh, start a new project? Yes, and they're in it, but they don't really finish it. Or they'll often just toss half-finished things out and they never actually finish anything. So each one of these personalities has its own struggles and strengths. INFJs, I think we struggle with starting sometimes. But once we do start, we usually are pretty good at finishing. Anyway, guys, thanks for watching. The video is now coming to an end. Let me know in the comments if I missed anything. Is there anything that you think contributes to your own burnout and how do you kind of get through that and uh, recharge your batteries? I always like reading the comments, so keep them coming. Anyway, have a great day. Talk to you later.